Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you again for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night Podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, everyone. If you love your boxing and your MMA, we have a new show every single week called Fight Night Extra, where myself and the great Gareth A. Davis will be looking forward to some of the big fights that could and should happen in 2021. Today, we've got a fantastic show. We'll speak to former WBC Cruiserweight champion Tony Bellew. Pay our tributes after the sad passing of the wonderful one, the marvellous Marvin Hagler. And we'll discuss today's massive, massive breaking news that the contracts have now been signed for Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. Two-fight deal, both fights 2021. This is Final Extra right now on TalkSport 2. have now put pen to paper and will be working hard over the next few weeks to confirm the site and date for the biggest fight in boxing. That fight obviously being Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. Let's welcome in the great, the wonderful Gareth A. Davis, who, who joins the show now. Uh, Gareth, um, you're a boxing man, I'm a boxing man. How different is this news as opposed to the news that we've been hearing for the last six or seven months? Does this mean we're edging closer or should everyone just maybe maybe take a breather a little bit? No, I think this is genuine, Eddie. I think, you know, I think I spoke to Eddie Hearn last Friday night mm. 
Um, and he did tell us, there were a group of us spoke to him from the national newspapers, and he was saying that they are very close. And it kind of uh, flew in the face, really, of, of Tyson Fury's comments last week. There was really a level of frustration um, that he was expressing. And I think um, the things that Eddie Hearn was saying last week were very much that they're very close. They've even started talking to potential bidders for the site. There were seven places uh, in the running. And, you know, clearly what's happened is, and it may have been slightly, um, say, political even on the, uh, on the side of Tyson Fury, that he was saying to people, look, I'm not going to hang around, get the hurry up. Um, and when these kind of agreements are made, of course, uh, anyone that's ever done an agreement with lawyers concerned over any kind of business, buying land, um, a commercial deal, a merger of two companies, the lawyers from both sides send the contracts to both sides. Mm. They both sign them. They come back to the lawyers and they date and time stamp them because the lawyers then turn them into legalese. We've got a guy who's promoted in America with a license in America against a guy who's promoted in the UK. This is an international uh, multi-conglomerate deal. And we've thing. got there. It is. We've got there. And, and, and it's very, very good news for the sport and for fight fans. We don't know the venue yet. Um, so it's, it'll go out to tender. But as he said last Friday, he's already talking about those kind of things. So it's very, very exciting indeed. No, you're right. I mean, look, this is, uh, I said it already, it's, it's easily the biggest fight in British boxing history, one of the biggest fights of all time. These things do take long to kind of get over the line like we've seen now. What do you make then of that Tyson Fury interview? I think we all saw the interview, what, last week, where he was very much I think it's almost downplaying it. Was he playing a bit of possum here? Almost kind of making sure that everyone, look, if you don't sign it, I'm going to, I'm going to fight someone else. What did you make of it? I think he was just playing games. I yeah. think, I think he, I, I think he may have had those final little bits of fear that it wasn't going to come to fruition. Yeah, that it wasn't going to go ahead. I'm just having a little celebratory tipple here. I was while wondering. We're talking about I'm a bit this. jealous. I, I I could hear it, and I was thinking, this is no, this is not fair. No, I've, I've just had a little sip of tequila. It's, <laughs> I've waited so long. Just a tiny little mouthful. <laughs> I've waited so <laughs> long for this fight. I've talked about it for hours on end. No, it was genuine a celebration. Mm. Um, you know, I said to my partner, just so, just pour me a tiny little tipple because this is a celebratory moment. Mm. We've waited so long. We haven't had an undisputed title fight in the heavyweight division since Lennox Lewis in 1999. It's 22 years we've waited for this. You know, we, we, we were young men when it happened last. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant news. It would have been a disaster for the sports had it not gone ahead. And I think those were the fears that Fury was expressing last week. Because I think I might have said to you on the show before, privately, Fury said to me, if it's not fine signed rather by the end of February I'd like to just move on mm. I'd like to move on and just find someone else to fight if it's not going to happen yeah and, now and you can understand Gareth why he's saying I mean this is the guy that hasn't fought since last February when he beat Deontay Wilder was supposed to have the Caballero fight that didn't happen and you can understand mm -hmm. Fury I almost feel like he's a bit he's a bit like Billy Joe Saunders I, I like I feel like the best place for them is to be in the ring and fighting and be in training camp and now Fury has a training camp to look forward to. You mentioned the only final sticking point is uh, the site, or the venue where this is going to take place. I mean, could it be Dubai or Saudi Arabia? I just want to play a clip here from Frank Warren, who said exactly that. Like that, The only sticking point now is a case of where this fight takes place and not if this fight takes place. Let's listen in.
I can't break a confidence that I've agreed with everybody um, that we, we will, what we announce will be simultaneous. All I can say to you is that everything is agreed. It's an imminent announcement. And obviously, we've got to work on the site, and that's it. And, and, and obviously, we've got to get to the expectation levels of, as to what the, both the fighters want to fight each other. It's absolutely moving in the right direction, and everybody is on the same page. It goes along exactly with what you're saying, Gareth, that it now is just a case of uh, a site. Um, look, I don't want to speculate, but it looks like it'd probably be one or two places. I mean... We, we were there for Ruiz versus Joshua in Saudi Arabia. It's a good chance it does go back there, isn't it? It's a good chance. Yeah. It, look, they've been aggressively pursuing it from the very start. They, they, they are favourites to get it. But as Eddie Hearn told us last week, and, his, and, his, and as he has said even today, um, there's um, eight or nine different sites. Mm. The offers have come from multiple countries in the Middle East, from Asia, from Eastern Europe, and from America. I don't think it'll go anywhere other than uh, the Middle East. And I think Saudi Arabia is favourite. They've hosted a very successful event with Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz, uh, you know, in the past. So for me, I think that happened 14 months ago, 15 months ago now. Um, they'll put up an enormous site fee. Eddie revealed to me in December at uh, Joshua's fight with Kubrat Pulev that he expects both men to earn up around £100 million each for this fight. So wow. if you look at two fights of this controversy and they have a second fight, we're talking a half a billion dollars, American dollars, for, for a two-part uh, series, a blockbuster two-part series. I think it'll head to Saudi, and I think they'll make a ready-made stadium there, and I think we'll have 20,000, 30,000 people. I think it's going to be a blockbuster success. There will be, of course, and we'll talk about this, no doubt, in the build-up. There'll be accusations that Saudi's involved in sports washing, mm. that it's taking, you know, stories away from, from, from the political arena, things like the, the murder of the journalist Khashoggi, um, the brutal and, and, and desperately disgusting murder of um, Khashoggi. We, everyone knows the details of that story. It's, it's unpalatable almost to talk about it. Um, but beyond that, um, there will be a sporting event there. And it's only going there, Addy, mm. because of COVID restrictions here. That, because they cannot sell 100,000 seats to Wembley Stadium right now. It is a two-fight deal, Gareth. What are the chances of the second fight being here? Wembley Stadium, 90-plus thousand people. You've been there for the AJ fights. It's a spectacle to behold. Imagine that. Just picture it. Picture it, Gareth. AJ Fury both coming out. Sweet Caroline being played. They've both got separate fan bases. I think it's fair to say how amazing would that be as a second fight oh it's not just those hundred thousand people there on the night it's just how it will divide the nation they've got <laughs> very strong support on both sides mm. anthony joss is very much a mainstream guy from yeah. the moment he won olympic super heavyweight gold in london in 2012 mm. he's barely put a foot wrong in his life let alone in his career um tyson fury is the subverts the the divisive character at times the guy who's become a cult hero um, so you've got both sides of the equation. It is the perfect fight to promote. I cannot wait. I favour Fury. I'm going to say that early on. I favour Fury's boxing skills. But this is heavyweight boxing. It's about knockouts. Anybody can win. And, and they are very, very well matched in terms of their styles. Anthony Joshua is a brilliant finisher. Mm -hmm. Tyson Fury likes to fiddle about and be awkward with his opponent. There is so much to talk about, to debate about in the intervening four months before this fight takes place.
I, I said it clearly is the biggest British boxing fight of all time. I think that, that that's a given, no doubt. What about in the history of the sport? I mean, how big are we talking? It's not, I don't think it's going to get to the Pacquiao-Mayweather. I, I really don't. I mean, that, that, that was just something else. But how big is it? I mean, is it as big as Oscar Floyd in terms of money generated? How big are we talking here, Gareth? Well, I think if, if we go to a second fight and it's controversial, the first one, if mm. there's a you know, a split decision and people disagree with the decision, Eddie, or we get a weird kind of finish or something weird happens, it will be even bigger the second time around. <laughs> Historically, <laughs> fights or uh, events like that always are. But, you know, for me in my career, yes, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, Conor McGregor and, and Floyd Mayweather, which was two massive sports, boxing and MMA coming together and two brilliant marketeers from their own sport. But you look back in time, you know, 100,000, 70,000 people turned up to, in 1938, for Max Schmeling and Joe Lewis, the mm -hmm. second fight, where, where Max Schmeling had been adopted by the Nazis as part of their propaganda machine. He even had uh, a Nazi PR guy with him. He had messages from Goebbels and, and Adolf Hitler. Um, President Roosevelt told um, Joe Lewis, a beloved African-American fighter in the United States, that he had to strong arm this guy for Western democracy. So, you know, that was a massive fight back then. Yeah. We celebrated last week um, the fight or the fight of the century between uh, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, 50 years on. Last Monday, our, our, the day of our show, to the day it was, it was a Monday fight. So that was a massive fight. The rumble in the jungle was huge. Um, the thriller in Manila was huge. There have been extraordinarily large and um, I would say societally changing fights mm. in history. And this is one of those. It's, it's one of those modern fights. Look, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, the two fights they had. Look how that captured the world Tyson you know, 20 Lewis. odd years ago. Yeah. Tyson Lewis. Mm. Exactly. These were massive fights. So you know, it fits into that pantheon without any doubt. And as we know, in the four belt era, this is the first time that all four belts have been on the line and the ring magazine title and the lineal title, the lineal championship that, that Tyson Fury holds as well. So it's all the baubles on the table and we've got there. It, it certainly is. I do wonder now if it could be a case of like London buses now, all the fights get made. And uh, the fight I'm thinking about now is Usyk versus Joe Joyce. We know Usyk was waiting for that shot with AJ. It, it now looks like Usyk versus Joe Joyce could happen. We're going to speak to Tony Bellew, who fought Usyk, obviously, at massive fight at the MEN arena. We're going to speak to him. But do you now think that Usyk versus Joe Joyce will now be made because of this? Yeah, I think it will, but it, it, it pales almost now. It yeah, pales. Yeah, it it's, it's a it sideshow. Uh, <laughs> this is the big one. This is. is the big one because there's boxing and there's heavyweight boxing. And when you get the undisputed title, it's going to be called undisputed, mm. this event. It, everything else pales into insignificance. Everything else is tiny compared to it. So, yeah, I think all the other parts will fall into place. It, you know, it, it's a veritable fight. You sick against Joe Joyce will enjoy it, but it doesn't have the magnitude that this has. The build, you know, the, these two oh, guys imagine, coming the, up. Can you imagine the, you know, the press conferences? Oh, with, with Peter as well. I mean, Eddie's going to be on top form as well. This has everything. It'll have John Fury there, gnashing, gnashing at the sidelines. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. And the other thing about it, which we didn't get with Lennox Lewis, you mentioned there, and Mike Tyson. This is two heavyweights, only one defeat between them, obviously, uh, Anthony Joshua avenged that in their prime. And that's what's key about this for the undisputed title. It's brilliant. I am buzzing.
Good afternoon, it's Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for The Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes, some great episodes as well. We've got Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. That's how he went with Ray Leonard when he caught him, Hearns. His feet unbuckled, and when Hagel moved in, the knockdown timekeeper... I'm so sad because I knew him so well, and I covered all his great fights. I go back with Marvin a long, long way, and uh, I like to say we were friends. But I told my trainer, I says, I feel good tonight. When I feel good tonight, I knew what that meant. Somebody's got to fall. Everything that you want in a fighter, in terms of grit, determination, ju- just overall what you, what you hope, to see in a fighter, he he encompassed it all, you know, and you know they don't make him like him anymore. He's trying to psych himself up. Uh, I'm already psyched. Uh, I realize the job I got to do, John. I'm ready to go to work. Two more weeks, huh? Whether he was the greatest middleweight who ever lived, we'll never know. But he was certainly one of them. And you. Yeah, in the late hours of Saturday night, we got the sad news, and it was very, very sad news indeed that the marvellous Marvin Hagler had passed away. Um, A a true great of the sport, arguably the greatest middleweight of all time. Um, Will be remembered, obviously, for those fantastic battles with the Fabulous Four, but I remember for that fight with John Mugabe as well, coming over here to the UK, Wembley, to beat Alan Minter. For, for the WBC middleweight crown. Uh, let's welcome in Gareth Davis again. Gareth, uh, sad, sad news, the passing of um, one, of the, one of the legends of the sport, one of the, one of the true heroes, the true pioneers, the icon, um, Marvin Hagler. Well, as you rightly mentioned, he was, for me, he was the king of the kings in that yeah. era. I had him, I, I mean, the, everyone was divided on the fact that that fight with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was a split decision. Yeah. Um, you know, but he, he'd beaten Roberto Duran. He'd had that eight-minute war with um, Thomas Hearns, which is extraordinary. I've watched it and watched it so many times. And, and people are playing out that first round. Um, you know, the greatest first round probably in history. Has to um, be. Has to be. He, 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 you know, the thing I'd say about him, and, and I met Marvin a few times. Um, I, you know, I was too young to actually cover his career, but um, I'll tell you a few stories about him in a minute. But... What, what I liked about him so much was that, you know, in, in boxing terms, he was a boxer's boxer. Um, he was not a trash talker. He was a straight talking guy. He was there to deliver. Um, he was a menacing, brooding figure, incredible physique, five foot nine and a half, um, very powerful. He had an aura about him. Um, and I met him a few times, even in his 50s. And you still wouldn't have wanted to tangle with him on the cobbles. He was... He, he just had this awe about him, an awe of menace, you know? So for me, um, he's just one of the special guys. No one ever had a bad word to say about him. No one in the history of boxing has had a word, bad word to say about him. It's extraordinary, really. Yeah, it's funny for um, some of the younger listeners. Who, they, they asked me to try and compare um, who he was like. And I tried to say, before Mike Tyson, there was Marvin Hagler. When you think of a, a bad man, a, a guy about his business, didn't play, didn't try and sell the fights, just was it was was there about his business? I mean, obviously that famous quote where he said, "If you cut my head open, you'll find a boxing glove," because that's what he was, right? He he 
he, he certainly lived the life of a boxer. Um, when you think of his best performances, and there have been some great ones, is it the Mugabe one just because of the fact Mugabe was 25 fights, 25 wins, 25 knockouts? Is that the best performance? Is it those eight minutes, those epic eight minutes against Tommy Hearns? Which performance stood out for you, Gareth? Oh, God, it's really hard to pick one. Mm. Um, I mean, I think, like you say, Mag the Mugabe fight was very impressive because he was a teak-tough individual and he took him apart. Um, but so did he against Thomas Hearns. Thomas Hearns obviously was a, a very dangerous fighter himself and, and, and Hagler just stood in front of him yeah. and said, and, I mean, Hearns had predicted that the fight would only last three rounds, but he was going to do that to Hagler. Hag I, I mean, I've seen clips of Hagler taking the biggest uppercuts from fighters oh. and barely blinking, mm. you know. So I, I, I think you've got to look at his whole body of work and the success came late in his career. Yeah. He wasn't one of the favoured fighters. I mean, I had some great interviews about him with people like Bob Arum that promoted him who said that, you know, the thing about Marvin was he never pulled five cents out of his pocket to buy anyone a drink. He never, <laughs> he saved all his money. He got $18 million yeah. for that fight with Sugar Ray Leonard, who yeah. wanted the rematch. Mm. Um, there was big money in a rematch, but he'd already saddled up and headed off you know, for, for the love of his life with, with Kay, his wife, who I also met, was a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful woman. Mm. To, to live in Italy and Milan and star in Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's, I, I think it's everything about him. I think it's the, I think it's the look of Hagler that does it as well. That, you know, that, that, that very long arms, a converted southpaw, because he was right-handed, but People a southpaw. People forget that. People forget yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So he had the power in his jab. He, he could switch hit. He had very long arms. I mean, I think someone wrote once that even though he was 5'10", he had the same arm length as a man who was six foot three. Mm. So he had amazing levers. Um, it's, just, it's just him with his bald cranium, that powerful the, the, physique. The, the war that, hat as well, which obviously has now been made a bit more famous because of Derek Chisora. But that, that war hat, that, if anything just symbolises what Hagler was about, it's that hat. Just war. How can you not love a man that is about his business and just wears a hat that says war? That alone should just scare the hell out of you. Yeah, and even even in later life, he was uncompromising. He, he told me in an interview about three years ago that anyone that took drugs should be banned for life. He mm. said, why, why do they need to do it? He, 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 he wanted boxing to return to having one champion, yeah. one belt yeah. in each division. Um, he worked tirelessly with the... Uh, with the with, with with the Laureus World Sports Foundation, I went to Morocco with him uh, once. I told his story on Saturday night on Talk Sport because I got rung up at midnight. I just found out after he'd passed, and mm. I went on this project with him with him and Daly Thompson, and we went to this village in Morocco where a lot of the young girls uh, were it used to be. It's about fifteen years ago. We're in arranged marriages, and they they would you know they they wouldn't have a life in many ways. And we went to this school that was promoting girls' sport. And we played basketball, myself, Daly Thompson, uh, Marvin Hagler, and a couple of others. It's these really tall girls, all about 6'1", 6'2", in this school that was a sports school for girls. Wait, there was wait, a you, you, can play, you can play basketball as well, Gareth? Hey, come on. No, no. I, 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 I just kind of floated about. Okay. I, I was substituted quite a lot. I was on the bench a lot. But I was on the bench at one point. The Zook band was playing. The parents were cheering. All the kids were having a great time. It got a bit tense on the basketball court when 
when Daly and uh, and Marvin came on together. Marvellous was on the court, dribbling his skills. And these girls, they ripped him to shreds. He came off on the replacements bench with me. He showed me his, his, his under his forearms. He was scratched to ribbons, yeah? And he said, no man ever did that to me. <laughs> you know, and, I, and they didn't, you know. Yeah. And then I asked him about Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm. It was the last thing we chatted about on that trip. Mm. And he said, uh, man, don't ask me about him. That guy still annoys me, you yeah. know. So he was, was so annoyed that, that, that Sugar Ray Leonard had... Um, Almost kind of, stalled the rematch, right? Yeah. Yeah, stalled it, but also... But also, he wanted a, a toe-to-toe fight. That's mm. what he wanted whenever he stepped in there. Sugar Ray Leonard danced, used his speed. He was fast in the last 30 seconds of each round. In the first 30 seconds, he stole the rounds. Um, and that split the world, that fight. It, wonderful, wonderful man. And, you know, you saw the outpouring. People do on social media when, when someone famous or someone beloved passes away, but no one's got a bad story about Marvin no Hagler. And that's no, what I love no about it. He was truly marvellous. No, he, he honestly was marvellous. I, I want to quickly, just before we, we go to break, I want to quickly go back to that uh, that fight against uh, Tommy Hearns, just because I want sort of new listeners to boxing to understand that that, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, Hagler versus Hearns weren't supposed to meet in the route first round. That doesn't happen in boxing. The, boxing has what we call feel-out round, where everyone's just a bit safe, right? You jab and you get back to your corner, and it's kind of an even round. They went at it for three minutes straight. That doesn't happen, Gareth. Quick word on that. doesn't happen. We've got to go break in 30 seconds. No, it doesn't happen. And, and the glance back from Hagler, have a look at that at the end of the round, <laughs> Royce. Yeah, yeah. Glance. We're on here. We are on. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about him is this. Um... He didn't feel out. And the commentators in that first round were saying, well, they're going to have to slow down after this round. They didn't, they didn't. slow down. Mm. They just had a tear up. I mean, I've met Thomas Hearns. He, he also, he was, he's been beautiful mm. about Marvin passing as well. Um, you know, saying that he, he, he's indelibly linked with that man for his life into eternity. And they'll be together now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
It's Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Lodipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Remember, if you have missed any, any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for the Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes, some good ones as well uh, on Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and a special one, the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. Obviously, the big breaking news this afternoon is that Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury have signed a two-fight deal. The fights will go down this year, people. I mean, this year, our great Gareth A. Davis had a little a gin. Was it a gin or what was it, Gareth, to celebrate? What did you have? A tiny little sip of tequila, my oh, friend. Tequila, a tiny little sip. I'll, I'll wait till I get home for a big sip. <laughs> but honestly, look, Gareth, it's, it's massive. Massively good news for the boxing world. I mean, we've got... I mean, we boxing fans like to moan, but we've had, I think, a good two years of fights being announced. We've had the fights we want to see. I think the only one that I think I'm desperately craving is Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford. But apart from that, boxing's given us, even with the political war, what we want. Absolutely, it has. This is the fight that puts everything else in its place and into perspective this year. I spoke to Bob Arum about that Errol Spence... Terence Crawford fight. Any good the, news? Uh, the, Any good news? Well, no, uh, Bob, Bob was telling me, the 89-year-old promoter of <laughs> Terence Crawford was telling me that he really genuinely thinks that Errol Spence doesn't want the fight because they've really wanted to, to get that fight on and they've tried and tried, mm. but they're just not getting through. So, you know, he said, I've spoken to Al Heyman about it. I want to get that fight on, but, but, Ter- uh, but Terence wants it as well, but, but Errol's not there for it. Whether we believe him or not, I don't know, but... If we could get that signed as well, it'd be amazing. We've got Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders. Mm-hmm. I'm off to see Billy Joe Saunders later this week in Fuerteventura. Um, you know, we've got um, Jose Ramirez. Absolutely. What a May it's going to be May. for boxing. I mean, you know, we had a tremendous fight at the weekend um, between Estrada and Chocolatito, um, Roman Gonzalez. Um, I, I was waiting for this. The, the accents, the pronunciations. The I'm rolling R's. A bit of Spanish. I'm waiting for the Spanish to come out. Listen, there's plenty of Spanish that can come out, but don't get me speaking Spanish because the, the <laughs> listeners, or only some of the listeners are going to understand it. But we can certainly roll our R's today. We, we, we certainly can. I want to go back to the Terence Crawford Errol Spence fight just because it's the one that bugs me the most, even more so a bit than AJ Fury for some reason. Is it because there's just not enough in that like financially? I mean, it's look, both fighters want to get paid and maybe it's just not enough of a pay-per-view draw in America for both fighters to get the money they want. No, I do agree with that. Like they're, they're both known inside the industry, but they're not mainstream stars at the moment. That's the problem. And I think um, the issue is they want a big crowd for that fight. It's a career-defining fight for both men, a legacy contest. So I think that fight will happen, but I think it'll be at the back end of this year or early next year when they can get 30,000 into stadium. But there's still a building process with those two guys because they have not crossed over into the mainstream, even though they're in their prime, they're both undefeated and they're both extraordinary fighters as well. Yeah, both extraordinary fighters. Fingers crossed we get that one on, but look, we can't be greedy. We can't have every single sweet in the sweet jar. All right, I promised you the WBC former cruiserweight champion is here now, the bomber, Tony Bellew. looks to finish it. He steps forward, looking for one more big punch, which will surely end it. And it's all over. How must have stopped it? And Tony Bellew is in dreamland once more. It's 
Tony Bailey's had some big nights. He certainly has. Tony, I've got so many questions to ask you. I know I've only got you for a few minutes. I'm going to kick things off, though, Tony, with um, the sad news of uh, marvellous Marvin Hagler. I mean, I, I saw your, your tweet um, about him. Um, what did you make of him, Tony? Because, like, me and you are around the same age group, so we've had to have gone back and watched tapes. What, what did you make of yeah. Marvin Hagler as a fighter? Very fitting way to start the conversation. Uh, probably, well, definitely in the argument, as one of the greatest fighters to ever grace the sport. He's definitely probably the greatest middleweight that's ever graced the division. Just an all-round phenomenal fighter, you know, a man of just absolute class, integrity. His skill inside, his skill set inside the ring was phenomenal. His will and desire to win was ferocious. I, I'm there, I've yet to see someone match it in, in that same division. I mean, Bernard Hopkins has been absolutely fantastic, an admirable and phenomenal champion who's shown the way of coming back against adversity, against losses. But Marvin Hagler, make no mistake about this, he set it all off. He's the guy who made it, you know, making all them record title defences in the middleweight division. And he had greats to follow himself in the likes of, you know, your great Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, possibly the greatest fighter who's ever graced on the sport. But he was just phenomenal, Marvin Hagler. You know, he was a one-off. He really, really was. Absolutely, Tony. And it's lovely to hear you waxing lyrical on him. The other thing I'd add there, which I said to Addy earlier on when we were paying tribute to him, first of all, was probably one of the greatest chins we've ever seen in any boxer in history as well, because he was able to, to, as he showed in that Hearns fight, Thomas Hearns fight, he didn't have to show fear. I know you all have fear at that level because you, yeah. you contain it and you make the butterflies uh, into dragons, as they say, you know, you put them in formation. Do you have a memory, Tony? I mean, I'm a little older than both of you. Do you have a memory of growing up and some of his fights? Of course, I've studied the boxing greats, and he's among them. Make no mistake, he is amongst the great boxing gods. You know, the I, you know, there's there's many, many guys who you say are legends and greats, but he is what I would define as an icon of a division. And there isn't many of them in each division, but he is an iconic figure in the middleweight division. He is the guy. He was the go-to guy when you talk about middleweights. So yeah, you know, I've studied many fights. Uh, the Sugar Ray one was unbelievable. There's there's, there's so many guys. You watch the McGobby fight, that's for not, it's just an absolute war of attrition. The Hands one, I've still never seen a three-round fight as ferocious and as vicious as it. To take the shots that he took off Hands, I have no words for that. I can't, I don't understand how he took them. Because them same shots rendered a man with another granite chin in reverse out, ran unconscious. Mm. And, and he just he just bounced off Marvellous Marvin Hagler, he really did. He was just a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. I had the pleasure of meeting him at the WBC convention, and I'm still in shock and in awe of this. The Ellie Sekbach, the guy who is a media reporter, he said to me, I can't believe what I've just seen. I said, what did you see? He said, Marvin Hagler asked you for a photo. And I didn't, I wasn't taking on books. I was just so starstruck and in, and in awe of the man. And he asked me for a photo, and I said, I, I can't believe you even know who I am. And he said, my man, I just watched you in a movie on my way over there and you've done a fantastic job. He watched Creed, of all the things <laughs> that he knew before. Oh, it. it was for the movie. So uh, he was chatting to me, me and me, Khan, Ronald Winky Wright, Lennox, a lot of us was standing around chatting. And this guy came up to me with his lovely wife and asked me for the photo. And I just, I'm, I'm still in starstruck and in awe because, you know, to me, I understand what boxing is. I've, I've, I've studied it since a child. Marvin Hagler 
is a, is is an iconic legendary figure amongst the sport. Someone yeah. who will never be forgotten. Someone who I have the deepest and utmost respect for. Uh, and yeah, guys, I'm just it's so 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 sad. I woke up to that news yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm in bed usually early these days on a Saturday night, so I went to bed quite early and rose to that saddening, saddening news. And my thoughts are with his family, his friends, and he will have had so many of them. An unbelievable fight. I'll never ever forget this. A man who stood by his word, and very few do in the game of in the game of boxing. When they yeah. say they're going to retire, Gareth, you know this as much as anyone. When they say they're done, uh, just so so many attempted and drawn back in. This man wasn't. It shows you the integrity and the class of the man. That when he says it's time to finish, it was time to finish. Well, I think that's why, uh, as we've been mentioning on the show, and you, you, you're putting it beautifully. That the level of humility he always had, and you told it there in that story, just made him a very special man. Look, we haven't got you um, to, to the top of the hour. We've only got you for a few more minutes. Um, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua has just been announced. Um, okay. Like us, you must be delighted that that fight is signed because, you know, you fought at cruiserweight, you fought at light heavyweight, you fought at heavyweight. Um, the yeah. thing is, Tone, this means so much for boxing that this fight is now on, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I caught the back end of your conversation about these guys getting paydays and how big a stars they are. Anthony Joshua is, I only think, on par with Canelo as the face of our sport. There is not a bigger name in the sport than Anthony Joshua right now. He's crossed over boundaries. He is now a face amongst you know, the big names out there, the sporting names. You know, you see the, 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 the mass the mass, you know, the atmosphere he generates, the crowds that he draws in. This guy drew it; could draw in a hundred thousand crowd at him. So you know, it's he's phenomenal. And Tyson Fury is the the king of comebacks. This guy has come back from it all. His, his his story with the mental health issues is just you know unbelievable that he's came back. He showed different sides in which rather than that he's done that. I think it's fantastic for what he's done. But just put this purely into context, it's all of the belts on the line. This is what matters. This is what the boxing world needs. You know, we need to forget about every other sport and understand that boxing is the one sport in the world that draws the whole world's media attention to it. Yeah. No other sport does that. You know, every sports can have football is huge, and I'm not saying it's not, but it's massive. But in one of the parts of the world, you know, the most recognizable face in the history of all sports has got to be Muhammad Ali. That's a boxer, you know, and these guys are now in, I've got an opportunity to take boxing back to that magnitude, back to that level, because it hasn't been taken there since, in my time, I would say Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is the last polarizing figure I can remember that really set the global, just the world alight when it was marketing, where everyone wanted a piece of him. Anthony Joshua is getting to that level of what Mike Tyson was now. And Tyson Fury is, is slowly catching up behind him. But make no mistake, these guys are mega stars. This should be in a 100,000-seated arena. You know, wherever this goes, it's going to be global. Global news. It will make record pay-per-view sales. I have no doubt about that. You know, Anthony Joshua went out to the... Took boxing to Saudi Arabia, a place we never thought we'd see such a thing, and does over a million pay-per-view buys in a desert in Saudi Arabia. Take that in. And, and understand how big this fight can be. And all English dust up for all of the heavyweight belts, and it's going to be contested amongst two great Brits. This is the biggest fight this country's ever seen, 
and I'm so, so happy it's happening. Yeah, all the marbles indeed, Tony. You sold that really well, by the way. I have to say that, <laughs> <laughs> Tony. You're one of the um, you're one of the few people I think that have always since since this fight's even been spoken about for the last couple of years. Since kind of the, the Deontay Wilder AJ fight was faded away, you've always said AJ versus Fury, AJ wins. Why have you always stuck with that? I stick with it because I just think styles make fights. I believe that he is the only guy who has the the tools to beat Tyson Fury. He's a man who can get close enough. He's a man who throws punches that are fast enough to land. He hits hard enough to drop him and hurt him. Nobody else in the world has the skill set Anthony Joshua has. Nobody has, has feet that are as fast. Nobody is technically at the same level as Anthony Joshua. I'm not saying he's better than Tyson Fury. Take that into context. Tyson Fury is a better boxer than Anthony Joshua. But Anthony Joshua moves quicker than Tyson Fury. Anthony's, Anthony Joshua's explosive power is bigger than Tyson Fury's. Anthony Joshua's combination punching is quicker than Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is quicker with one punch with the speed of the jab and the, and the speed of the feet. But he is not faster with the combination he is not more direct than someone like Anthony Joshua he has to make it count and work for him I do think and I will stick by this it's got to happen inside the first six rounds for Anthony Joshua if it doesn't I don't think he beats him and that's a bit of a bold thing but you know Tyson Fury is is an enigma amongst the heavyweight division he's somebody who is very very hard to work out but I still stand by Anthony Joshua I just think he will jump on him he won't care what's coming back. And that's the only way to beat Tyson Fury. It's all well and good that, that Deontay Wilder was getting close to Tyson Fury and swinging big bombs. But listen, he should have stuck a first-class stamp on them and he would have still been late getting there because of the style that he throws them with Deontay Wilder. There's telegraphing punches and then there's skimming the lights above the ring. That's what Deontay Wilder was doing. His punches <laughs> were that wild and that crazy. He was out of control. He may have crazy power and he might be the biggest punching heavyweight since Mike Tyson, but he has no class and he has no skill set to match that power. So it's like a bull in a china shop. He doesn't know what he's doing. He can't set attacks up. His jab, it was just useless in the fight. He didn't know what to do. Even when he had Tyson Fury down and out, he couldn't finish him. Think about this. If Tyson Fury gets dropped by Anthony Joshua, do you genuinely believe he's going to be able to see out the round? Because right, of, of Anthony, Anthony Joshua is one of the best finishers in the heavy. I probably think right now he's the best finisher in the heavyweight division, the I, way he puts his shots together. I, it's, it's very hard to fight Tony and get a word in edgeways, but I'm only joking, Tony. You can slap me when you see me. Um, but, but, here's, but here's here's my take on it. Okay, it's it's a brilliant analysis. You, you went for you went for Fury, but then you kind of you, sorry you went for Joshua, but then you kind of explain what Fury can do. What I wonder about this fight is whether Fury is able to implement his IQ, his boxing IQ, yeah. which is extraordinary for a six foot nine, 19 and a half stone man. Mm -hmm. If he can input his IQ on this fight early, it could be dangerous for Joshua. I completely agree with you. He's yeah. got to put, he, he doesn't want to fight him like he fought Pulev. If he's got, yeah. if Joshua has Fury hurt like Pulev, he wants to finish like Lennox Lewis could finish. Because I think he's not just a great finisher, he's as good as a finisher, Anthony Joshua, in my view, as Lennox Lewis ever was. Maybe even a better finisher. But, um, Maybe, and he's yeah, got to be... I, well, I'm glad you agree, yeah. Because I think that's... It's, the weird thing is, um, the closer we get, the more it's going to be a 50-50 fight. And the other thing about Fury, I don't care what anyone says, inactivity could tell in this fight. 
because he's been out for 18 months when they fight. And that is huge. Life, lifestyles, you know. Adam. Lifestyles. Maybe not, maybe not so much inactivity. Lifestyles play a huge factor. That's what you have to bear, bear in context here. There's a man here who's lived a life for the last decade on a GB podium squad winning Olympic gold medals going all around the world. Lived the life. Mm. That shows. When, when the pace is high in a fight, that shows. The pace was never high in the Deontay Wilder fight. Never once. The pace has never been high in his career. The last time he was in a high-paced all-out fight was probably against John McDermott. Yeah, and to be fair, he, he lost that second one, didn't he? Uh, well, oh. I was there for the McDermott fight, and I think I thought McDermott won that yeah. fight in, in uh, Brentwood Leisure yeah, Centre. Brentwood, Brentwood Leisure Centre. Yeah. Probably the last time he was in a hot-paced fight. So he's not used to hot Joshua is used to a hot-paced fight. He's used to a hard, hard fight, you know, doing the round. So I don't know. But listen, as I've said before, Tyson Fury is, is an enigma. So is Tony Bellew. So is Tony Bellew. But is he, is he still there? Bellew, are you gone? Is he still there? He goes straight down. Oh, and his wife's giving him directions. We, we so, you it. know what? And when, when Tony Bellew's wife speaks, you do not interrupt. He's a beautiful woman who we do not argue with. I agree with you, Gary. But look, fantastic <laughs> from Tony Bellew to join us there and speak about the, the, the mouth-watering fight between AJ and Fury. You're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. We're here, remember, every single Monday afternoon for things just like that from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you have missed any of the show and like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, it is Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, it's a good show, isn't it? You can always catch up on our podcast. Just search the Fight Night wherever you download your podcast to access all previous episodes. You'll also be able to check out some of the other great boxing programming that we've got, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and The Boy from Brownsville, The Mike Tyson Story. All right, Gareth, I do want to um, talk about Chocolatito Estrada, massive fight on the weekend. Before we do that, though, a quick word on Leon Edwards. Um, he's been waiting for a fight for so long, <laughs> and that happens. I mean, it's such a shame. It gets ruled a no contest. Um, it's the eye poke. We've seen the eye poke for so long in UFC and in MMA, not just UFC. Let me not dig that. Seen it all over MMA. They need to do something with the gloves. I know there is talk about doing something with the gloves. It needs to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, it, it comes up, the gloves at the moment, the four-ounce gloves come up to the first knuckle, don't they? Mm. So, um, and it allows the four fingers and the thumb to stick out. I mean, one of the reasons that they need that is for their grappling and, and wrist control and all those kind of things that the stuff that happens on the ground, the clinches and so on. But I, I think what they've got to make a, a rule on very quickly, because their eye pokes have changed the course of fight. I mean, poor old Bilal Muhammad. I mean, he was in extreme yeah, pain 100%. straight away. The fight had to be stopped. I think no decision was the right thing. Um, I think the referee, it was Herb Dean, I think. Um, was it Herb? It, it, uh, I'm not Herb, sure if it was Herb. It? It, it I think it was Herb, Herb yeah. yeah. Right decision. It wasn't deliberate. Uh, there was no uh, intentional foul there. But I think they've got to do something about making a rule... Because um, I, I don't think they can get rid of the fingers altogether. Mm. Because unless someone comes up with some extraordinary design that, that allows them to grapple to, to, as well, it's as well, so that they're not going to be able to do it. But I think with the eye pokes, you hear referees saying all the time, mm. "Put your fingers away. You're not meant to 
to point your fingers out at another fighter. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a technique that's used in some martial arts. Karate uses those kind of things as well. So it's something that they learned. I think an eye poke should be an automatic two-point deduction right now. And then now. people will stop doing that where they Then they'll their stop doing it. I don't think you, if there's an unintentional eye poke, you, you immediately lose the bout. But a two-point deduction, mm. use the camera technology, and if that happens, then they lose two points, and you've literally potentially lost two rounds. That's what I think they should do in the sport. Very quickly, Gareth, on this one, what does Leon Edwards do next? Do they do the rematch? It's a no contest. Do, or do you just wait out for the winner of what looks like it will be Usman versus Masvidal? Yeah, you've got to wait out. He's got to wait out. Now, Leon Edwards is the best pound-for-pound -pound mixed martial artist in the UK at the moment, in my view. I think he deserves a shot and a second shot at Kamara Usman. I don't say the, if he's still the champion. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, he's not favoured by the UFC. He's not one of their favoured company men. Yeah. Um, but he thoroughly deserves it. He doesn't sell himself well enough in my view even though he's, that, doesn't he? I mean, but he's not but if you can you can yeah you're like, right you're you right. can't not everyone can be a conor mcgregor or floyd mayweather or he needs a, a mouthpiece or, then doesn't he almost like what joe joyce has got with sam jones someone to do it for him yeah Gareth, absolutely would you not take the role no not no? at this stage in my career no <laughs> no well well maybe for the right money i might but <laughs> you never know you no never but, but he's an extraordinary story him and his brother fabian anyway yeah. Growing up in, in Kingston, Jamaica, you know, living in a one-room one shack with their parents, mm. not having food some days when they were small children. They, they've got an extraordinary backstory, and, and, and that story needs to be told over and over again. Yeah, I agree. I think Leon Edwards' story is remarkable, and I think more people need to hear it. All right, let's quickly, we've got a minute left there, Gareth. Let's quickly talk about, a minute's not long enough, to be fair, but Estrada versus Chocolatito on the weekend, uh, super flyweight, uh, super flyweight supremacy, I'm, I'm going to call it. It was that. Um, I thought Chocolatito won by a couple of rounds. Uh, you as well. Uh, are, you, are we agreeing on this? Absolutely. He's an amazing fighter, Roman Gonzalez. Chocolatito. Look, he landed 55 punches and threw 250 in the last round. Mm. The extraordinary, stupid, and nonsensical judging that had Juan Estrada, who obviously won. Um, the, the bout of winning 117-111 was absolutely beyond me. It's one of the most shocking de uh, judging decisions I've ever seen. They've got to have a trilogy fight. Estrada Chocolatito 3, end they, of. They've got to. I can't even say anything better than what Gareth did there. Gareth, as always, my man, thank you very, very much. Tony Betty, fantastic guest. Thank you very, very much. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.